counseling tips on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And I am so delighted. This is my first opportunity to meet with Martha Peace, and I'm excited to get to know her a little bit. I'm excited for uh, you all to hear a little bit from her. Martha has been with our organization uh, since 1989 as a certified member, and I'm so excited that she's here with us today to share a little bit about what she's learned through the years in counseling. I want to start with this, Martha, if we can. Just, uh, just tell me a little bit about your history with biblical counseling. Well, I did not want to be a counselor. I only wanted to teach the Bible verse by verse. I wanted to be Kay Arthur is who I wanted to be. And um, I, we took, Lou Priolo came to our church, and I was very um, taken with him talking about bitterness. I heard him do a lecture on bitterness. So my husband, Sanford, and I took his courses. Well, after that, Lou came to me and asked me if I would become certified and come to work for him part-time at the Atlanta Biblical Counseling Center. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And so behind my back, he went to my husband, Sanford, and said, if you tell her to do it, she will do it. So Sanford agreed with him and came to me and said, I really think you should try it. Well, I saw that really as a submission issue, but I did not want to do it. But I did it. And I'm now, of course, I'm glad. But um, I worked part-time for him for eight years. I learned so much. And it was during that time that he helped me develop material on being a godly wife. And with a lot of help from a lot of people, I wrote the Excellent Wife book. Our church now uh, did not have a biblical counseling ministry, Faith Bible Church. And so I was on the NANC list. Women would call me and they would come to my home. We would sit around the kitchen table and I would counsel them and probably... About half of the women that would come were from my church family and about half from outside of that. Ten years ago, our church started uh, an official training center, uh, ACBC training center, and uh, I'm part of that. I'm one of the uh, volunteer counselors there every Thursday, all day long. And I remember years ago, Lou telling me, that you have to counsel for a while before you begin to see patterns within the struggles that people have. And once you do that, it's easier to ask questions, to give hope, to teach them what they need to know. You're, you're better at getting to the heart of the matter mm-hmm. and figuring out what to do. Well, that's an interesting piece of the story. I, I need to find Lou Priolo at the conference and tell him thank you for <laughs> uh, inviting you to be a part of uh, biblical counseling. And we're so grateful for your ministry. The Lord has been very gracious. I know personally uh, I've benefited in my teaching in 
utilizing some of the resources that the Lord has, has given through you to us. But as you've been doing biblical counseling, I mean, we, you, you just mentioned that we learned so much in the process of practicing and doing and um, getting to understand people and know people. T- talk about in your time as a biblical counselor, some of the things that were surprising to you. Four things come to mind um, that really shocked me and surprised me. One was counselees that are lazy. I don't have much tolerance for that. (laughs) And I had to learn how to deal with them. It it doesn't matter what the problem is. They're not going to make progress if they're lazy. A second thing is wives who would come for counseling and they would be upset because their husbands would not have sex with them. And they could go months. And I thought it would be the other way around. But uh, that that surprised me. Uh, I remember how upset I got the first time a person lied to me, and I found out about that. And I told Lou, I said, that I can't believe this person lied to me and because I gave him one counsel and it would have been different. He said, Martha, people lie. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the fourth thing is uh, how many women in the southeast where I live think they're Christians and they're not. Yeah, that's those are interesting points uh, that those things would surprise you. You would think maybe otherwise in many of those cases. Now, as we talk through counseling tips, and you've already given some of those, uh, typically you, you do a workshop or you, you do a, a time of teaching on uh, counseling tips, getting to the heart of the matter in a timely way. What are some of the things that you typically like to accomplish in a workshop like that when you're teaching other counselors particular tips that they can take home with them? Well, I like to help a counselee think in terms of the big picture. I have several items on my big picture list that I teach them, uh, help them to think in those terms. I have learned a lot of tips, mainly from Lou, from Jay Adams, Mm -hmm. from Wayne Mack, and then over the years, of course, I've come up with other things too. Now, you, you mentioned there's some big picture items, and it's always helpful as a, as a counselor when you're approaching a counselee and you're trying to understand really what's going on. I mean, honestly, we, we can't respond well with wisdom and counsel until we understand the big picture. What are some of, some of the examples of big picture items uh, that would be helpful in the counseling room for us to think through? Well, of course, the gospel. Yes. And um, I... Because of where I live, just because somebody says they're Christian, they really might not know. And so we, I, I just tell them we need to start at the basics. And I wrote uh, salvation worksheets years ago. I originally took my parents and my aunt and uncle through that. And, um, and then I remember... Uh, reading Ted Tripp's book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, and he talks about using the child's sin as a springboard for the gospel, and I thought, what a good idea. I would use that as a springboard for my dad to give him the gospel. In fact, one time he said, how many more times are we going to have this conversation? And I said, well, 
until the Lord saves you or you die or I die. And he said, okay. And he did get saved at 89. It was unbelievable. But the salvation worksheets and a couple of other Bible studies that I've written are free downloads on my website and if anybody wants to use those you want to go ahead and give that website martha i think that'd be helpful well um somebody stole my domain name Uh it was marthapeace.com but if you just do a search on martha peace it'll it'll come up okay it's a blog spot uh, address martha peace t-e-w think the excellent wife at blogspot.com and another big picture item is uh, loving God and loving others. And I take them to Matthew 22, verses 34 through 39, and explain how Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God, and that means that you obey him. Uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he added a second great commandment, loving others. And I would want to teach my counselee to think in terms of if, if you're patient with somebody, you're showing love. If you're kind to somebody, kind words or kind tone of voice. And I go through all that, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I will have them memorize that. I want them to be able to, if that's the second greatest commandment, they need to be good at it. And they need to... Um, be able to think in those terms. So that's, that's just a couple of examples. I have more, but that's thinking in terms of the big picture and um, the gospel, coming back to the gospel, and then loving God and loving others. Yeah, that's right. I mean, thinking about uh, how to understand a person, those things are non-negotiables in the way in which we understand a person and how they live and, and how they interact in the world, what is their relationship to the gospel, um, and what is their relationship as they relate to God and then to others? Now, we were talking even before uh, we went live, and uh, you've mentioned that you learned so much from Lou Priolo, you learned from Dr. J. Adams and Wayne Mack, and I'm sure there are others, but you mentioned that you learned something from an interesting source. You said you learned a few things from Fox News, <laughs> and uh, so put that together for me, help me understand that. Well, a few years ago, I was watching Fox News, and they showed this video of a liquor store being robbed. Mm -hmm. And the owner was at the cash register, and the video camera was up high behind him. So you could see his back and his hands, and you could see anybody that walked up. And there was this little middle-aged man, he certainly didn't look like a robber, came right up to the cash register and he drew a gun on the owner. The owner was not expecting it. And the owner, just in a split second, he did two things. He took his left hand and he pushed the man's gun over to the side and he drew his own gun. And I cheered. (laughs) And I thought, you know, as I thought about that, of course, that owner, that's not the first time he did that little move. Mm -hmm. He must have practiced it thousands of times. And I thought, when people have an anger problem, or and they really do, are believers, they know the Lord, or they are anxious, whatever it is, 
they need emergency trigger thoughts to think that are biblical and God-honoring and true and right. And um, so I help them brainstorm and come up with some of those just simple things and biblical and very high view of God, God God-honoring. For those that really know the Lord, it really helps them to renew their mind. And then prepare them for whatever may come Uh, against them in life. That's beautiful as we think about learning to be disciplined and trained in righteousness, learning to hide those truths of God's Word in our heart so that we don't sin against the Lord. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you've enjoyed this conversation today with Martha Peace, like I most certainly have, I want to mention to you a resource that you can get from her. She describes it as maybe the most important book that she's written. It's called Attitudes of a Transformed Heart. And so if you would like to get that resource, you can find that linked on our website with this podcast. And there's lots of other information and resources that you can find on our website at biblicalcounseling.com.